Okay, guys, we got a question for you. Have you ever thought, I feel like I'm doing all the right things, but something is missing. What is it? So it's, you know, if you think about recovery, have you, have you ever wondered, like, I, what's not working? Something's there. Something's not happening. Um, I'm missing a piece to this. So we're going to get into this today. We're going to break this down. But before we get started, check this out. What's up, Recovery Warriors? Have you seen our Patreon site yet? If not, you need to go check it out. As you know, here on the podcast, you get this content for free. But over on Patreon, it gives us the opportunity to give you more interaction with us so that we can help you more in depth. So while you're listening right now, go over, hop on Patreon. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And type in the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert and you'll find us there. Or you can click on the show notes um, to the link over to Patreon. There's next level tools and resources there. So we hope to see you over there. Now let's get on with the show. We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. All right. I'm so happy you guys are here with us today. We love you and we appreciate you. I have a really nice review from one of the gals that I mentor that I wanted to read because you're going to see why. Um, She saw something that I had shared a year ago. So you guys know we have two years of content. Um, And so you probably missed something, right? So she missed something and she said, how did I miss this? But a year ago, I was in a different place. I had no, I have no idea what I was doing to fill all my time back then, but I was probably numbing out. My life today is packed with affirmations, meditation, exercise, and journaling. It's called self-care. Today, I'm grateful for mindfulness and awareness of my self-worth. Thank you for your support. I never knew what I was missing. And the coolest part of this is this woman is not 20 years old. She's a grandma. Oh, really? That's awesome. That's, That's so cool. I, I have so much respect for, especially this woman, but anyone who says, hey, I didn't know what I was missing, but I'm embracing No, no matter this. what season of life you're in. Yes. That's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. All right. So because of your loyal listening, <laughs> we have been growing a ton. And you guys know we started on an ironing board in our kid's bedroom. <laughs> With a mic that kind of works. Super sophisticated. And you guys know this because you've listened to our you know, first episodes. There is a difference. Yes. And, you know, we're still learning, but you guys have been patient with us. And we have a lot of behind the scene things happening. We're trying to help you guys more and find new ways that we can offer help. More and, resources. Yes. You know, I think, guys, when we got into this, we we knew there was a need for this information and what we're doing. Um, but it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Yep. And as it has, we've realized we got to step up and we got to get more legit um, better technology, but also more resources and um, just opportunity to help people in, in a bunch of different ways. Right. So things like Patreon um, and courses and content and and stuff like that. We're 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 trying to do it as fast as we can, but it, we're doing it legitimately too, and and giving good stuff. Yeah. Right. In fact, right after this, I have my intimate access private call with a group of people over on Patreon. And so. awesome. And that intimate access just real quick is exactly what? It's just a one-on-one uh, group, one-on-one group call with each one of us 
every month. Yeah. And that really special access to ask the questions that you want to ask that we don't always get to answer over on social media and such. So um, we also have a, a, a more scheduled and routine announcement because we do like to be scheduled and routine. We just we always do. aren't. Um, so we're going to be releasing our podcast every single Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard. That means on your commute to work, we'll be right there with While you. While you're making breakfast for the kids or getting ready in the morning, we'll T- be there. Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. Mountain Time. Yep. Awesome. All right. All right, so let's break down the three critical categories, I would say, of recovery. So, so the question was, is, you know, what am I missing? Um, if, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm going to the right therapist. I feel like I'm going 12-step. I'm, I'm doing these things. I'm doing everything that I should do yeah. to be in recovery. Um, but, but something's just not working. And, and so what this episode is about is looking at what what I what I believe are three crucial categories that are important um, for your recovery, and the reason why I say categories is because underneath these things, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but if you understand these categories, um, it's a good basis for really killing it in your recovery and doing a really a, a really good job in finding peace, in creating love, in in having healthy relationships so and overcoming l- addiction. And let betrayal. me ask you a question about one line you just said, Brandon, which is um, the part where it's like, I feel like something's missing. Like I'm doing like everything that I, I think I should be doing or I'm doing everything that's, that's recommended even by a, potentially a CSAT. But I'm just, I feel like something's missing. What, what could that look like that I feel like something's missing? I think this is important for you and I to both to kind of frame that from our experience. You know, is what, what is missing? But what would you say that that is? What's that? Like, what's all the, the feeling inside of Well, that and, and it comes back to the question that we, we talk about a lot, which is what is recovery? And I think recovery is not going to therapy, paying the money, and sitting in a group for three years. And then you, that means you're in recovery. That's not recovery. Um, when, when we say something is missing, hopefully the reason why, why you go to therapy, the reason why you go to 12-step is you are striving toward feeling peace um, you, you're, you're starting to love yourself again. You're starting to be empowered and be able to step into your purpose with who you are as a person and you feel freedom. You feel alive. You feel good. That's what recovery is about. Um, it's not just, Oh, like I, I got cheated on or I struggle with this. So now I'm going to go sit in therapy and pay money or whatever to get better. It's way more than that. There's and- a point to it, right? There is. And, you know, listening to you describe that, Brandon, I think back to my old mind, which I had no idea what I was missing out on. Of course, I wanted to live a healthier life, but it seemed too hard and I didn't have time for it and all the things. Right. And I was mad. I was mad at Kobe. I was mad that this was my life. And so for me, I think (laughs) it seemed so out of reach. The, the thing about it, Ashlyn, is, you know, we as, as humans, I'm going to get a little deep here, so hang in here with me. We, we don't know what we don't know. And so um, there's, there's other paradigms out there. And, and it's when you start to get into recovery, the, these things start to open up and you see the paradigm. And it's like, oh, like this is how marriage really could be. Oh, this is what life without addiction is. Like the haze is gone. 
the vibrance of my life is coming back. Um, this is what it feels like to be in alignment with God and, and to have purpose. Like, wow, this is amazing. When you're in the thick of it, <clears throat> when you're wallowing in the, in the pain or resonating in the shame, you can't even see it. You can't even feel it. Yeah. And, and, and you might be wallowing in that pain and resonating in that shame while you're sitting in a therapy group or while you're sitting in front of a therapist or while, while you're doing all of the right things to try to get out of it, you still might be there, right? It, it really is that. And I've said it before, I say it a lot, but recovery has given me the life I always wanted. Yes. And it may sound because we have this podcast, because we share publicly that we live recovery every day. It's all we talk about. It's not. No, this not even is, a little. This is a way of life for us. Yes. That it's not this like, ah, I have to do these things. I have to do this dumb podcast because it's part of my recovery. Absolutely not. I would not be here if I wasn't passionate about this feels freaking good. Right. And I want you to feel freaking good. Right. You te- Ashlyn, you teed up the first category perfectly. So the first thing to really evaluate and look at whether or not your recovery is working is what is your intention behind why you're doing what you're doing? Um, if, if your intention is to try to look good enough to somebody then you're, you're resonating in shame and you're going to create more shame. If your intention is to, because you're angry and you're trying to be better than your partner and show them how awesome you are so you can shove it down their throat, then you're... I, I've been there. Right. Then you're <laughs> resonating in anger and blame and you're going to create, with all the good stuff that you do, you're going to create anger and blame. Yeah. So you got to first check out your internal motives as to why you're striving toward what you're striving toward. Let me share a couple of those that, from my perspective, like what that actually looked like for me, um, because there, there's some different ones, right? The, I think the, um, the therapist that we went to, the general therapist that we went to before we started specialized therapy, I wanted, um, I wanted connection. Okay. Um, and I wanted, uh, like I, I wanted more from our relationship, and you wanted me to be nice, and I wanted you to be nice, right? Hey, be nice, and where's my sex? It, kind of. Ex- not, not, I don't think that's. <laughs> I, think I don't think that that's really kind of, like, exactly right. <laughs> right. Right. And that'll um, solve all our problems. Exactly. Just do it. Right. That's that, why we went to a sex therapist first. There you go. Right? But but we went early to a. We went early, like I think year two or three. We went to a therapist. I think we went like three times, and you were like, "I am not." going back and I wanted just more harmony and I wanted more sex for sure but but the second time we went to therapies because it was after the emotional affair and I was caught and compelled to go so I was there from like an obligatory an obligatory standpoint like I was obligated to go because my church leader said you need to go to therapy right okay so I was compelled so right there external motivation obligation being compelled Totally. You're not, your heart's not in it. Not, not even not in it at all. Only my heart is in it only to the extent of saying, this is a problem and I want it to go away. And if you say I need to go to 12, like the 12 step, I need to go for 12 weeks, I'll do it. All right. But I, but I didn't do anything else. So my intention showed up in what I didn't do. It also showed up in my attitude about going to group where I was like, Hey, so are you going to go tonight? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. So, so like I would, I would. So you just said something that I really want to, and maybe I'm, I'm hearing you wrong, but, but it's an important point, which okay. is, if you start working recovery to try to stop doing something, then you're 
you're not going to create something positive. So, so if I start working recovery because I don't want to masturbate and look at pornography, and that's my whole focus, that's everything. The don'ting. The don't. Like, don't mm-hmm. do that, don't do that. And if I don't do that, then I'm good enough. That's going to undermine real healthy recovery mm-hmm. and it sucks like that's it's horrible crappy, it's that's, why, it's a white knuckle fest well and i think that's why we hear from people that say like what are we doing wrong because it's so uncomfortable and so like i hate that all the th- conversations we have are about recovery work right and i'm like oh no 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 like that's not recovery that's it's not that sucks right that all, our, all the sucks. conversations we have are about recovery work which is what we're actually doing is gauging whether or not you're acting out or not. What kind of relationship are you going to be be in if that's what you're always kind of talking about? Right? So It, it sucks, and I know, because we did it. We did right, it. for sure. There's an interesting distinction that I want to make based upon what you just said, and, and you were totally accurate in assessing what I was talking about because that was totally me. But here's what's super, super interesting, because I know from my perspective, this is what I, this is what I was thinking, okay? I... I was feeling layers of pain, but the loudest and most obvious pain was I was caught, Ashlyn knows my secret, and now we're fighting. So what do I need to do to stop fighting? What do I need to do to make this uncomfortable situation go away? I was not uncomfortable. I was not um, re- recognizing the pain that actually came from addiction. I, that's how deep in denial I was. Right. I just wanted the this symptoms. to stop. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And, it, and it's not, it, again, I want to be really clear. It's not I want to stop masturbating and looking at porn because I was far too sexually entitled to go there and to think about that. I wanted the discord. I wanted the fighting. I wanted the, the mean Ashland to stop. Right. And I didn't, I didn't consciously say that. I never did. But looking back, that is exactly where I was. My intention was to stop. It's like to stop the bleeding. Now, I do want to say this, going along with what you're saying, that that external motivator can push you into doing some, some good things that can work on you to start to create the internal motivation. So, so if you're at that place where it's like, gosh, I want to stop, I want to stop having affairs. I want less problems in my relationship. So what, should I, should I not get any help? Absolutely, go get help because you don't want those things in your life. But there's this shift that I see take place with, with recovery where recovery becomes this, it's, it's this thing that's not a burden in life. It's yeah. this thing that's an awesome blessing and something that you, it's, it, it's, a, it's a lifestyle change and it's a way that you get to live. Totally. And it's like the, the people who really, really understand recovery, mm-hmm. they get that. They, it's, it's amazing to, to live this way in recovery, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that is a process and it might not happen the, the first day that you realize, oh, I need help, mm-hmm. right? Oh, it takes so. a long time. And I feel weird right now. I'm like filled to the brim with just my heart is full. And I, f- I joked before this, like, I want to bear my testimony of recovery, but I do. Like, it feels good to live this way. And it's given me the life I always wanted. And that is exactly why we share, because it's not this, I'm better than, and we're doing it right, and you've got to do it our way. It's oh, figure out what your way is. Right. Get to healing and whatever that looks like. But oh my gosh, you're, don't There's miss so out on this. There's so much more beyond. Right. Yeah. Yes. The place that you're in right now. Right. For sure. That's very well said, Ashlyn. 
Amen, Ashlyn. I love it. My heart is just like, <laughs> oh, give this to them, but I don't know how. So that was as much as I can give. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard when, and, and we work with people and we have for a, lo- a long time now, years with some people even. And it's hard when you hear, when you see this cycle of, you know, I, I've been sober for long enough, so therefore I'm good enough. Or, you know, I, you know, for the women, sometimes it's, I've been through this many groups, I've read this many books, I've, but so therefore I'm good enough. And it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's, that's not what this is all about. Yeah. It's about why you do those things so that you can feel that peace. I hear this word right? a lot lately with women of, I've had this awakening. And I really think that's what it is. It's, when you hit that awakening to there's more and there this is deep and I'm I'm figuring out who I am and I love who I am. I am worthy of living a life where I take care of myself, where I want to grow and I right. want to surround myself with people like that. The, yeah. the, and this is high level recovery, but this is where you can get it w- for the betrayed. You get to a place where you, you, you really deeply understand that this betrayal was not about me um and this betrayal this thing happening in my life has propelled me to be a better version of me and it has nothing to do with my partner and who they are now i get to live a happier healthier life because because i have stepped into that pain that the betrayal that came with the betrayal but it's about me now right so that's awesome Okay, so that's category number one, uh, which I'll call it, ha- you know, have the right intention behind it, okay? Um, second category for, for recovery is um, it's life balance. Um, it's Rat Park. If you, can, if, if you don't know what that is, we've talked about it in other episodes. But it's creating a life that, that supports um, being healthy and being happy, and so it's shifting a lot of things in your life where you have less cortisol in your life, cortisol being the stress. H- hormone <laughs> that comes from stress. Um, you have more sleep in your life or less sleep. You have balanced sleep. Um, you, f- you have more energy. You, you feel alive. And, and so there's a lot of things under that. So there's big shifts you can make to create a rat park. And there's little things you can do that we talk about all the time, like dailies. Um, habits, daily habits that just support you to be a healthy human being. And this is, this is important both for the betrayed and for the addicted. 100%. And, and really the question we get all the time, how can I trust? How do you know when you can trust again? And it's not this one answer, but this absolutely for me is part of it. And it was seeing that consistency and seeing the shift in Kobe in just being routined. But, but Ashton, I do want to say, so that is important. You can trust again because you're seeing him balance his life and create a healthy life. It's a lot easier to be like, okay, maybe a change has happened. But your job is to observe that. Your job is to just watch that happen, not to crack the whip to get him to do it. Yes. And for sure, that was always um, part of our, our dailies is, hey, I'm doing this thing and you're welcome to join me. But I'm not then waking it com- you it comes up. Back to, not- it comes back to the first thing we were talking about, which is if he has this internal motivation and this intention to live a different life and not live in his addiction, he's going to do these things on his own. Yeah. You're going to watch that, and you're going to see transformation in his life. And yeah. that does start to create trust. And 
I will say, I, I have travel on my mind because we're traveling next week. And I know we're so excited. And part of it in my head, in the beginning, dailies would go out the window because, hey, oh, we don't have to live a balanced life. We don't have to do all recovery all stuff right, right. because we're on vacation and, oh my gosh, like I'm getting away from reality. Right. But why the heck stop what's making you feel good? Yeah, that's a great <laughs> question. That's a great way to actually, that, that's like a great way to vet your intention. Do I view dailies and the balance that, that I have in life on vacation the same way that I view dailies and balance in my life when I am at home in my normal routine. Right. Right. It's, yeah. It's harder on vacation 100% because you're not routined. Because you're However, not in the same environment and in the same structure and so forth. It's fun for me because I'm like, ooh, we get to work out here and we can like listen to scripture on the beach. We can, right. like, we can do different we things. We worked out in, we went to Europe 18 months ago and we worked out on the deck of friend's house that overlooked this lake it was in this forested hilly country the beautiful lake that's surrounded by evergreens and it was like oh my gosh this is like we want this desperately and and so in my opinion but you're on vacation you should just be sitting there drinking a milkshake we would have (laughs) we would if we had not worked out we would have sat in that house and had breakfast and looked out the window and said you have a really pretty view right for sure let alone but but what you did was really connect oh it was super connected to the earth too it was love it like all over the place And that's because you stayed with your dailies yes but i i want to i want to just point something out that's super super critical and that was an aha moment for me and that is when dailies are done while on vacation, meaning you don't have to worry about work. You might not, you may or may not have your kids with you. Um, you have a really conducive environment for relaxation, for self-care. Then your dailies, you're going to get more out of them as you execute yeah. in a relaxed, conducive environment. So that workouts, just like we said, can be like, guess what? I, I was going to work out in a hotel gym or an Airbnb or on the back deck of our friend's house. And guess what? The back deck of our friend's house with the view that we had made our workout so magical. And memorable. And listening to personal development, listening to do my spiritual devotional while on a train from Bruges to... Um, to where, the, where do Paris. we go? To Paris was incredible because I'm watching. It's just so. So there is a really great way to ask yourself: What do I do? How do I view my dailies while on holiday? Right. While on vacation, and um, that's a great way to say, okay, my intention really is to do this and have life balance. And because again, this is not. At first, it's going to be about I have to do this because this is what recovery demands. But there will be this threshold that you'll cross where you'll realize I own these dailies. And I own them for myself personally because of what I've been given that transcends recovery and it develops and grows and changes you from within. Right. And to me, I don't ever care. Like if Ashwin, you just said to me, guess what? I'm never going to do. I'm never going to work out again or whatever. It's like, okay, you do you, but I'm going to do me and I'm still going to work out. I'm still going to do my spiritual devotional. I'm still going to do my personal development. I'm still going to check in. I, no matter what, that's mine and I own it. Right. Regardless of, of what happens. Right. So there's not a set um, like list of dailies that everybody should do. Yeah, totally. However, um, like there's certain things that I believe are very important and very healthy. And so th- like I believe everybody in recovery um, needs some level of physical activity. 
um, just to move your body yes. and to release. It's, it's really good for, uh, for the, the addict because um, not relapsing is learning how to tolerate pain mm-hmm. and exercising is learning how to tolerate pain. Um, it's also good for emotional release. It's good to feel alive and just good physically. Mental focus. And right? it, Clarity. it gives you self-confidence. Like, look what I'm doing. I'm growing. I'm changing. It, it, I'm sticking it with it. It makes you feel like I love myself, so I take care of myself. Yeah. So one guy might run a half marathon every day, and one guy might walk around his block. Yep. There's not a, a should. There's not a, but but totally. just to get out and move, whatever you do. Intentional and, movement. Yeah, and the same goes with spirituality. Yeah. Intentional movement let's call it yeah um it looks different for everyone right i might go in the mountains and meditate for two hours every day that'd be awesome i know if we (laughs) had time yes (laughs) or someone else might pray for a minute or just breathe or whatever meditate read read good books um whatever the spiritual devotional is totally i think what's important is is that you set an intention to have that spiritual devotional and create what you need to create with that and be consistent in doing that over and over again. So spiritually, emotionally, physically, right? Yeah. Have those dailies. Even as a, you know, with relationships, you can have dailies as well. So really what you're talking about is connecting to your, your physical body. Mm-hmm. You're talking about connecting with your emotions and, and, and your soul. And you're talking about connecting with your higher power. Yeah. Yes. And, and what you just described are things that have helped us to get to that place. You know, with you saying that, it's it's life balance creates an ability to live in the present moment. Yeah. Be, living in the present moment creates an ability for you to connect to self, God, and others. Yeah. And that ultimately is what recovery is, is about connection. Connection back to self, vulnerable, healthy connection with others, and connection with God. That's awesome. Right? I have to mention this really quick. I had... Um, you know, we offer, Hey, here's some dailies to get started with, but there's always like, Hey, I'm going to add these to my daily list. And it's always fun to hear what people say, Hey, I want this as part of my daily, um, because it's so different for everyone, like you said. And so some of people, because, you know, we all start at different places. Kobe and I both didn't take care of ourselves at all before this. Yeah. Right. And that included like making your bed or showering every day. Absolutely. And so some of my girls have said, Hey, I'm going to make my bed every day. By this time, Mm -hmm. I'm going to shower every day, no matter what. I'm going to do, I'm going to get ready for the day, even though I stay at home. Like, I think that's cool too. It's super different, but it's saying I'm worth taking care of. So think about what you're saying, Ashley. And so somebody who's been paying a lot of money, um, you know, sitting in a lot of groups and therapy, it might be you showering every day. That that shifts your recovery drastically. Which sounds crazy. Yeah. You might have all the lingo, all the words for recovery and understand every, you know, but, but really your heart isn't feeling recovery because you're not loving yourself and you're not starting with the basic things like taking a shower every day. Mm. That's kind of mind blowing because yeah, I mean, I can see it. Right. And it's, it's the basics guys. Right. If you get that right intention to do something positive for yourself consistently, it's going to start to shift and not, things. Not big, not two hours a day right. of nope. meditation because nope. no one has time for that. It's balance. Yeah. That's what we're talking about is balance. Okay, um, the last category, um, I want to make this less clinical, but um, a lot of it is cognitive behavioral type therapy stuff. But what, what that means 
is that you start to become conscious. Um, you start to become aware of your thoughts, um, meaning you know what your triggers are. You have bottom lines. You can regulate your emotions. And there's a lot underneath this category. Um, but when you're mindless, when you don't, when you're just bumping along and you're <laughs> you're in your limbic system all the time, and what that means is you go to your emotional mind and you start just behaving in that emotional mind, then you're going to be addicted or you're going to be shut down in your betrayal and not Numb. being able to manage. So, so this this category is about the tools to have control over your brain and not let your brain have control over you. Okay, so. Like, what are some examples of this? Kobe, I was a really great example of mindlessness. Um, just, I'm going to numb out like crazy. I didn't know what I was feeling. Um, I don't, I honestly, like, the even just being aware of triggers and my spike narrative yes. of, of, oh, you know what? This is a boundary for me of figuring it. Like I, this is who I am and this actually doesn't work for me. Um, in so many different areas of life, the fact that I could set a boundary with my kid's teacher kind of blew my mind. Right. Whereas the mindlessness of years ago would be like, I hate their teacher because she's making them do right, all this right, homework right. instead of like, So you guys, oh. you guys are big into the emotion will, yes. right? And that's what, that's in this category. So the reason, what, like, why, why do you, why do you even talk about that? Why do you look at it? Like, what does that do for you guys? I, well, I mean, it helps me. Sorry, babe. It, it, it I was equal parts mindless, <laughs> um, and I didn't know what I was feeling. I was always, I always coined myself as the optimist in a relationship, right? And I was the pessimist. Yeah, and uh, I made sure that you knew that. I was such a <laughs> Anyways, that guy. I was such that guy. But um, what I what I realized was is that I wasn't an optimist. I was in denial always about what I... I was in denial of anything challenging or hard. So being mindful has been super, super challenging. Being mindful of emotions to realize I actually do experience dozens and dozens of emotions every day um, that I never felt, I never registered, I never paid attention to. And now... That's a super important part of my day for me to be self-reflective, but also it is a, it's a peek behind the curtain for Ashland to understand what the effect of my day was. And that's brought us together in a very, very meaningful way. Yes. Yep. See, so you're, you're, you're mindful, you're conscious, right? So the, the spike narrative, that's another tool, right? And we t go check out our episode on the spike narrative, mm -hmm. I believe it's called. Yeah. Um, and that's a tool for you to be able to how, what what is it exactly really quickly in a nutshell the spike narrative is a narrative in your head that tells you that you're no good that says that you can't be forgiven that you're never going to get over this that you're um that things are way worse than what they actually are and um it's it's essentially kind of the concept of like uh the devil and the angel on your shoulder right yes the and devil and spike like is that. the same thing yeah it can yeah. feel like that as well and be super self-destructive and, um, but it's separating you from your thoughts yeah. and then being able to kind of analyze what that thought is saying yeah. so you can regulate your emotions around that thought and then shift that thought if you want to. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And if you can shift Here, that right? thought, then you can also separate yourself from the shame that's associated directly with that yes. thought, more importantly. Yeah. Here, here's one of the mindful mindfulness parts that came into my life, not through recovery, but in parenting. So when I would yell and scream at my kids and then leave the room and feel 
awful. Like I am yes. such a bad mom. What is wrong with me? There's the, there's spike. Yes. Right there. But the shift was, okay, figure out what you're feeling. Right now I'm stressed because of this person that I'm supposed to be sending an email to and right. I haven't I didn't have time and now my kids are home and now I'm f- like frantic and stressed. And so I'm going to scream at them when they do one little thing. Right. Rather than being present and seeing like hey guys, I need five minutes or I can come back to this later. I'm just not, I was not at all mindful of where my head was right. and I would react. Right. Just react to everything. But but then it perpetuates itself. It's you react, then you feel bad, so you oh, feel yeah. more emotion. But when you, when you stop and you get curious and you're like, oh, there's this narrative, there's, yeah. that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I accept myself where I'm at right now. Um, I'm going to manage this now yeah. and respond differently. That's that's just classic cognitive behavioral therapy um, that we call the spike narrative. It's 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 understanding your thoughts, controlling those thoughts so you can manage your emotions. If you can manage your thoughts and your emotions, then you can choose your behaviors and you can change your life, right? It's awesome. So there's a, there's a ton of things around this for relapse prevention um, because ultimately when you relapse, there's an emotional thing underneath it. There's pain underneath it. And if you have the tools, the mindfulness tools to, to, to slow that down and to understand that you can choose your behavior. You can choose not to do destructive things in your life. So there's things like bookends and bottom lines and all all kinds of like anchors and all all these words are, are different tools that we use to help you manage your mind and be, and live consciously. So and, and and that's super super correlated and relate like it's it's directly correlated to your intentions. So if you're like, how do I know if my intentions are legit? One, you can say, when I go on holiday, do I do I do I do my dailies? Do I do the things that are going to keep me safe? Right. But also when I'm when I'm thinking about my intentions, am I actually really mindful about my emotions? Am I mindful about my behaviors? And there's going to be a learning curve to figure it out when you first start. Right. But if you're into recovery six months or more, and you can say, I'm not really conscious of my thoughts or my actions, I'm really just moved upon and pretty erratic, then that can be a clue as to where your intentions are. And you can improve and become more focused with your intention on these specific skills. Right. And that will help in the journey overall. Right. Okay. Good. Would you agree with this, Brandon? It, the t- whole timeline. You mentioned six months into recovery, you can be this. There isn't a timeline. Right. And so it doesn't matter if you are 10 years in or 10 days in. Right. These are the things right. that can help you. This is what we talked about like two weeks ago on our episode, um, which was, you know, when you look back on recovery, you see the progression and, and it's not like you arrive. It's not like, oh, six months in, now I have you know, I'm perfectly mindful of all of my thoughts all the time. Right. I have perfect intentions. The goal is not to become perfect. The goal is to engage in these things that create a process. And, and as you engage in that process, it ultimately the outcome is, is peace and healing. Right. And, and that, that hopefully will happen for the rest of your life Yeah, that you can create peace and healing. There's right? always that growth mindset. Yeah. So I do want to say, you know, we've, we've scratched the surface today and um, the good news is this. Well, the good news is that we're able to give you some really helpful content and things to think about, but there's a lot of depth to this, and there's a lot of ways in which you can learn um, 
the specifics behind the things that we're talking about. So like Ashley and Kobe, you have your coaching program. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I do women's groups and offer those to people all around the world um, at different times of the day for it's not therapy. It's not what it's what Brandon offers. It's like accountability groups yeah. where you consistently are able to check in about these things. Yeah, yes. it's the, the living of, okay, how do I actually put into my daily life, what I've kind of taken out of therapy. So how do they um, find out more information or contact you guys for that? Uh, you can email us um, or go to our website, just Ashlyn and Kobe at gmail or .com. Okay. Yep. Um, I have, um, so I do have access to good help for people. And so you can probably get an intake appointment with me, if not me, with, with a colleague of mine. And I can direct you toward really good help um, if you don't have it. So you can email my office at office at therapyutah.org, or you can call us at um, 385-254-3522, and you can check it out. So you can get help from Ashlyn, Kobe, and I directly. Um, the other thing is Patreon, which we talk about all the time. We go into into depth with, with these things, much more depth than we do on the podcast. And then we are actively working on other awesome stuff that we're going to continue to release. We want to help you in every way that we possibly can. And we want to make it affordable. And we want to just help you really have what we've been talking about today. Right. It doesn't matter where you live and you can get the help you need. Absolutely. So. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you every single day. I want to invite you guys over to our premium site where you get in-depth content and access to us. We answer questions there for you and you get interaction with like-minded people. To find that site, go ahead and click details and scroll to the bottom, you'll see the link to our Patreon site.